Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go on this Monday. Reggie Miller a little bit later on as we analyze the Warriors versus the Lakers. Chris Sims, NBC Sports. Pro Football Talk Live will join us coming up in a little bit as well. We'll talk about the draft. Steph Curry gets 50, closes out the Kings, heat up 1-0 on the Knicks, Nuggets 1-0 on the Suns. Tonight, 76ers Celtics, that's game one. And with Joel Embiid in doubt, the Celtics are 10-point favorites. Suns at the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are a slight favorite. Last I looked with DraftKings, around four and a half points. 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator Tyler standing by as we do every Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Also, say good morning to our radio affiliates, numbering 390 cities. Also, Peacock, our streaming partner. Download the app and you can watch this program for free. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading card to the Dan Patrick Show. We'll have a poll question, play of the day. Stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. A huge collapse last night. The Panthers upset the Bruins. And once again, that regular season record is a nice thing to have. But we, we will remember those regular season records when you don't win a championship. The best records in sports don't end in championships. The Bruins, they set an NHL record with 65 wins. Set a record with 135 points. And then they got bounced. Got bounced last night in overtime by the Florida Panthers. Full disclosure, with six minutes to go, I said to my son, who's a Bruins fan, yeah, that's it for me. And he goes, you're leaving now? And I go, yeah, they're up 3-2. They're at home. They're supposed to win this. I hear later on, I hear this from down in the basement. Damn it! I went, what What happened? And I I said, Jack, what's going on? He goes, they lost in overtime. Who did? The Bruins. Oh, my God. He goes, I guess you're going to talk about hockey tomorrow, aren't you? And I go, well, yeah. Yeah, Seton. Well, Bruins fans are very upset with us already right now because we got this tweet. Whoa, hold up. You guys don't talk hockey (laughs) all season and you lead the show with this? (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) <laughs> but 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 this isn't about hockey. It's about a collapse. It's about what you do during the regular season doesn't mean anything in the postseason. Golden State Warriors, they won 73 games, and then they blew that 3-1 lead to the Cavaliers, losing the next three games. Then you have other examples where, you know, m- most famously the New England Patriots. They go 16-0, and and then they get to the uh, Super Bowl, um, but Eli Manning leads them. The Patriots led 14 to 10 with under three minutes to go. And then with 115 to go, Eli completes the pass to David Tyree and then Plexigo Burris, the game winning touchdown. Uh, Seattle Mariners, they had 116 uh, wins. That was in 2001. Then they lost in five games to the Yankees. Kentucky Wildcats, uh, 2014, they went 38 and 0. Longest undefeated start in basketball history, and then they lost in the semifinals to Wisconsin. That's why we're bringing it up, putting it in context of what happened with the Bruins. But, you know, at least the Patriots got to the Super Bowl. 
I mean, that that's the Kentucky Wildcats got to the semifinals. Seattle Mariners, that was the ALCS. Uh, so this is historical for the Boston Bruins. 65 wins, 135 points. And I'm watching, and it almost felt like their effort was, well, we're the Bruins. I mean, we had 65 wins. Like, you're the Panthers. We're at home. And it started out 2-0, Panthers, and I go, uh-oh. And then it was 3-2, and I'm like, six minutes to go. All right. They're going to wrap this thing up. I think uh, another episode of Barrier Succession, and I'm good to get. <laughs> Wait, what happened down there? They lost in overtime. Like, oh. And, oh, by the way, the defending champs, the abs are out. My Kraken move on. That was kind of a sneaky surprise there as well. All right. Uh, this program brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes-Benz, the SUV family. Go in and take a test drive. Takes no time at all to set up one at your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more, mbusa.com. Before we talk about Steph Curry, the greatness of Steph Curry, and reminding you of the greatness of Steph Curry, Seton, what's the poll question today? Yeah, Dan, we got a bunch of options here for you. Uh, we could go with uh, who had the best who, weekend. Ooh. Okay. Kind of hits everybody that you're talking about right now. Florida Panthers, Steph Curry, bald. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, hits still keep on coming for him. Yeah, you know, you go to the game, get a big round of applause. He's one of us. And now he goes to the Rangers game, and then he goes to the Knicks game. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Hey, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and you get to have front row seats, I'd go. Even though he's part owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, but it was nice. He was there front and center watching. Uh, by the way, Marvin was working the game for ESPN. So you're our celebrity correspondent here. You're like um, Kevin Frazier or Ryan Seacrest. You know, we'll go to you and ask you. And let's go out to Marvin Prince, who was there at the Garden Stars. Hey, what's everybody? Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Seaton. Hey, everyone. How's everyone doing? Hey, great night at the Garden. Bunch of celebrities. Hey, people from the sports world, people from the entertainment world, all mixed up to see the Knicks lose to the Miami Heat. No, no, we don't care about that. Who was there and what? And who were they wearing? Okay, so Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union were there. Okay. Very stylish couple. Our couple. Yes. You always forget how big people are. Dwayne Wade is a legit 6'4", and I was like, man, I forget how large you are. But anyway. That's not large NBA-wise. And regular people, regular person. Wait, you're at an NBA game. I know, but sometimes you just forget. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Anywho, Jack Harlow was there. Okay. Oh, all right. right. Jack Harlow, please. White man can't jump two. Yes. Yeah, saw the trailer. Paulie, I like the trailer. Did you like the trailer? Yeah, it was funny. Yes. If it didn't have the name, I would definitely go see it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Okay. Big ovation. All right. Bunch of former Knicks. Patrick Ewing. The great Patrick Ewing was there. Patrick Ewing. John Starks, Kurt Thomas. Bunch of, okay. Uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller there. Michael J. Fox there. Oh. Chris Rock, Spike Lee. Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Okay. I forget the daughter's name. And uh, oh, my goodness. I'm blanking on this young lady's <laughs> name. <laughs> you can't do that if I throw it out to you. Well, I got a bunch of other names, right? So, well, yeah, but you, didn't you can't go on blanking out on somebody. Back to you. You know what? It's good for your first report on the spot. I'm, I'm good with it. No, no, yeah, I'm good with it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul. Marvin, do any celebrities sit not in the front row, like they're two or three rows back, but you could still see them? Yes, Joe Jonas was a second row guy. Oh, if it was the Jonas Brothers together, they get the first row. I think if they're all together. Say it ain't so, Joe. Yeah. Mm. They had a little celebrity row, and they were like, oh! And Chris Rock had to move over so they can get uh, the camera shot of Joe Jonas with his son. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So second round, second round, second row. Did you get recognized? I did. I was riding the escalator, and I hear somebody go, hey, Dan Patrick Show, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> All right. All right. The celebrity escalator or the normal escalator? Oh, no, just the normal escalator. Yeah. I had, I had my credential on, but they were like, relax, ESPN. Yeah. Go back over there. I, I still get that. Hey, Sports Center guy. Now, I don't know your name. What's your name? Dan. Oh, yeah, Dan. Dan Berman. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dan Berman. Yes. Yes, Marv. You know who else was there? 
Rob. Rob, our guy in the back. Our intern, really? Rob. Yes. Rob, the intern was. <laughs> so Spent his life savings on a ticket. Yeah, so he got tickets and he calls me. He says, hey, I'm at the game. Are you at the game? I said, I sure am. <laughs> he said, hey, where you at? I'm right behind Martha Stewart on the floor. I said, you see Martha Stewart? Yeah. Look right behind you. <laughs> oh, <wait laughs> like she turns around. I'm like, hi, Martha Stewart. She goes, oh, hello. Poor little Rob. He came in. He's like Eeyore. He's like, oh, oh, oh. oh. They lost their composure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we lost this. He does the week. We lost this in the third quarter. Oh, Jimmy Butler. We're not beating the heat with that shooting percentage. <laughs> no. Can't let Lowry beat you. He's in back in this dark room just yeah. sulking. The, he is. the heat is up. He's if, got a scarf if on. If you're watching on Peacock, we have a camera on his saddle and Nick's hat. <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob, wave to us. Just let us. Okay. All right. Just want to let you know you're alive. Yeah. Got all the lights out. Oh, yeah, this is just great. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. The shooter percentage hasn't been this worse than September of 81. Oh, I just remember that. So bad. He was like, on our salary cap, just not where he needs to be. Remember 08 <laughs> when he signed Steve Francis? This is the worst. I was like, his passion. Oh, he makes me care about the Knicks. I know. I, I went back there before the start of the show, and I said, I don't like the Knicks. But I was rooting for the Knicks because... You're so sad. You find yourself mumbling about like Obi Toppin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Coach Tibbs. Come on, your rotations are terrible. What's going on? Yes, Mark. And being at the game and seeing it live when Obi Toppin is opening, shoots a three, and you just hear people go, "Oh!" <laughs> just twenty thousand in unison. Yeah. I mean, you can't get yeah. that from the TV, but it's just, oh. Jimmy Butler scored 25 as uh, the Heat beat the Knicks in game one. He's one of five players to start a postseason with at least six consecutive games of 25 or more points and shooting better than 50% from the floor. He joins LeBron, Mike, Bernard King, Kareem. Kareem did it a couple of times, and uh, so did LeBron. But <laughs> Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick show. Steph Curry got 50. And we're always reminded, you know, sometimes you'll have that reminder game. Kawhi Leonard gave that to us earlier in the playoffs, game one, where you go, oh my God. And then Kawhi goes back to the bench. Steph, for some reason, I think we act surprised when Steph does this. And I keep wondering, you know, you get to a certain age where you go, okay, they haven't figured you out, and they won't figure you out. The only t- thing that will stop Steph Curry is time, or Steph Curry himself, because they've had young guys, smaller guys, physical guys, bigger guys, longer guys, everybody, double team, everything. And then you watch, and Sacramento had no answer for him. I always think it's, I laugh and I cringe whenever I see one of these young guys going, when he's getting ready to guard <laughs> Steph Curry, and I go, no, don't do that. Don't. And then he blows right by Mitchell. And I go, yep, see, don't do that. But he had 50 and he had one turnover. That's happened 12 times since 1983. 50 points, at least 50 points in one turnover. But you're watching and you go, he's still doing it. And there's been like, I, you know, there was Jordan stoppers. Gerald Wilkins was a Jordan stopper. You had, you had guys who they were trying to lay claim to, hey, I'm going to shut that. Rodman was supposed to be a Larry Bird stopper. You know, everybody has one of those guys, it feels like, who comes along like, I want, I want that guy. And then you watch Steph, smallest guy on the floor, uh, you know, not big, tall. You know, there's nothing that really stands out other than, he stands out with everything that you combine because it's not quickness. It's not fast. It's not jumping. It's he just has this innate ability to feel a game and be able to get those shots and to practice those shots, tough shots. Cause a lot of times when you watch guys shoot, they just take jumpers 
There's nothing, you know, game, you know, no game situation attached to it. Watch Steph. It's all game-like. Like, what am I doing? I can left off the dribble, this runner, you know, floater, all of those things. And that's what I love. I, the great appreciation for somebody who continues to work to be even better than what he is. But you put up 50, and here's Steve Kerr. Even the head coach sometimes needs to be reminded of how great Steph is. He doesn't surprise me. Um, We all take him for granted because he's brilliant night after night, and we've been watching this for 10 years. And we just, you know, you just have to remind yourself every once in a while, big picture, this is one of the great players in the history of the game. Um, But that's how I felt you know, back when I, in my playing days, you know, with uh, Michael Jordan, you just, you'd see it night after night, so you just took it for granted. I don't think Steve Kerr brought up Michael Jordan by accident or by coincidence. I think he's saying he's in that category, and he should be in that category. We don't put him in that category. But, but think about all the great players. At some point, they slow down. Like, they figured out Shaq. You do hack a Shaq. Put him at the line. All right, you know, we can beat we can beat Shaq. But Steph just turned 35. This isn't what you normally do at 35. I remember Carl Malone put up 50 at age 36 in a playoff game. You don't do this. And this is a game seven. That's what made it even more special. And they did it on the road where they've been terrible on the road. It's also a reminder. When you see guys like Draymond Green or Dylan Brooks, they're they're allowed to have a personality because you have somebody who is going to do all the heavy lifting. The reason why Draymond Green can be Draymond Green is because of Steph Curry. It's just like Ja Morant with Dylan Brooks. You have the guy who's the star. It's like you're playing drums for the Beatles. You're Ringo, and you're going to be famous because of the group. Not because of you. And Steph is Lennon and McCartney. What was on, on the line and on display yesterday was fabulous. And, and they be, usually Clay Thompson will hit similar shots. With Steph, it's a variety. It's almost like this, uh, you know, it's a smorgasbord. It's a buffet of shots. And, and that's what's fun to watch, to, be, to watch creativity because he has to come up with that. And it's not just God-given ability, it's the, you know, that ability to go, okay, I gotta think out there. And probably does more than anybody because of his size and that they're double teaming him and degree of difficulty. But those shots where he just gets it off, fabulous, fabulous, great form, love it. All right, so a lot to talk about. you got game one with the Celtics 76ers. I got the Celtics by 10, according to DraftKings. Suns, they're getting four and a half against the Nuggets. We'll come back. Phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Reggie Miller a little bit later on. And uh, we'll talk to Chris Sims, who will uh, recap everything we saw over the weekend with the NFL draft. We're back after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We bring in Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, the show that precedes ours on Peacock. And of course, he's an analyst for Football Night America. Let me start with the poll question. The quarterback who was drafted this weekend, who is in the best position to succeed, is who? Ooh, the best position to succeed there. That, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it through, you know, that lens or, or frame there. You know, um, who would come I, to I, mind for right away? Well, I think what I what came to mind right away a little bit was just the perfect marriage, and I kind of know what it's going to look like and how it's going to look like with Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen, right? Okay. I think that's where I look at it. You know, I wondered what direction the Colts would go in the draft. Shane Steichen, you know, he was with Justin Herbert in his rookie year, and they were throwing bombs all down the field. So I thought, well, maybe they'll go a Will Levis or that, or what direction is this offense going to go? Now we know what direction it's going to go, and they get Anthony Richardson, who's extremely talented. He's raw, and he has to play, and that's where I think the situation's really good too. So not only is the scheme perfect for him, but Anthony Richardson, like Trey Lance a few years ago, Dan, we had those conversations. You, he ha- you can't go another year of, oh, let him sit on the bench and learn. His number one issue is he hasn't played, and I think that's why Colts are a great situation for him too. Why did we think, and I think you had him in your mock draft, that Will Levis could end up with the Colts? Well, I think that, one, knowing Chris Ballard through time and talking to him a few times, and knowing, like he's, a, he's into big-time traits, elite traits, right? Things about guys that go, ooh, whoa, that's special. Nobody can do that. And now we can build around that. And, hey, coaches, you make them better in some of those other departments. So I had them kind of pinned as one of those type of guys. And, you know, those are the two guys that kind of had the elite traits. We know Richardson and Levis probably had the two strongest arms in the draft. They definitely did. Uh, So that's kind of where I pinned it. And then I worried about, you know, all the S2 talk with with C.J. Stroud. You know C.J. Stroud was my favorite quarterback, but the one thing I know about the S2 and people around the NFL and all my friends and connections there, yeah, it doesn't uh, predict success, but to this point, it's predicted failure, or not 100%, but pretty close, and I think that's what scared people too, so I wasn't sure if they would feel comfortable with Stroud at four. But then Levis starts to fall, and then I wonder if this is where mock drafts can do a disservice. To a player sure. because we look at it and and we go, oh, my God, he's dropping when sometimes the professionals get in there and start assessing these guys 
before the you know the writers do this and give you a mock. We got a mock draft already for next year. Yeah, right. And right. now you're already up there, and then you start yeah. to fall. Well, it's the player that we're blaming, not the person in the mock draft who exactly. put them up them too high. And Will Levis was it just felt like he was too high. Yeah, well, I think everyone bought into the hype. There was a little hype from last year that carried over into this year. He looks exactly the way you want the franchise quarterback to look, right? He's smart and handsome and, you know, looks good on the podium. And then, of course, he's got a rocket right arm. So all those things fit the bill of, oh, he's got to be a top 10 pick. He was quarterback in the SEC, all of that. But, like, I mean, Dan, that's it drives me crazy unqualified people making qualifying statements all the time goes on in this business. And yeah, like I even think of like the Notre Dame tight end, Michael Merrick, phenomenal player, right? I mean, you were led to believe that he was a top 10 pick before the draft process, baby Gronk and Notre Dame and everything there. And it's like, it's not fair to him that the expectations are, are put up so high. And, And I think you're right, Dan. I mean, I know, I had friends and people I talked to that saw Levis the same way I did. Mm. I like some of the things about his physical tools, but it's just inconsistent. And it's all over the place in a lot of different areas to where, yeah, I couldn't have picked them in the top six, seven, eight picks. That wouldn't have been for me. And I think there was a lot of teams that felt like that, and that's kind of why he kind of kept falling down the round. We had Matt Miller from ESPN, one of their draft analysts. And I said, you know, what happens next year? You know, if you look at these quarterbacks who weren't eligible, Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Michael Penix, that, you know, these are really talented quarterbacks and would probably have been taken ahead of all of these quarterbacks this year. I I think so. I mean, listen, I really like C.J. Stroud. I think he is damn good and he's made for the NFL. And I think he's in not a, he's in a good spot as far as the offensive fit. I don't you know they need some talent down there. In Would Houston. you have taken him over these quarterbacks, Caleb Williams? Yeah, Drake May. I, it's, this is where it's hard. It's hard. Like I, I I'll say this. All right, before the process started, and before I dove into film, right? Because I didn't study them. But before that, just off a of TV scouting, yeah, I was going. Penix up at Washington, Caleb Williams. I was going, those are the top two quarterbacks in football. I go, Penix should come out. He's going to be the first pick draft. He's going to be the first pick of the draft. Caleb Williams, I knew he couldn't come out, but I was going, oh, he's number one pick next year. I mean, he's the closest thing I've seen to Mahomes and that kind of play, you know, since Mahomes in college. So, yeah, I think there's a very real possibility that if those two were out this year, that those two would be, uh, yeah, at the top of the list there. Okay. I, I don't doubt but, that at all. But Miller said this. He said, I see Arizona on the clock at one next year. They take Caleb Williams and move on from Kyler Murray. Whoa. Well, okay. I mean, that's that's a bold move right there. Uh, I, I, I don't, you know, that that is like goes into a lot of things. One, you know, with his contract situation and yeah. can they get out of it after next year? I'm not sure they can, right? You know, Kyler Murray, as we know, there's some negatives about him, but man, I you'd have to be sold that this guy is just the absolute next thing because, you know, Kyler still has some really special things about his his game, and he's got some elite traits that we were just talking about with Chris Ballard there, where you go, he can do some things that nobody else can do. So I, I would always be a little hesitant about throwing that overboard. He's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Who had the best weekend? What team? I mean, it pains me to say it as a Giants fan, but I mean, you know who had the best weekend, the freaking (laughs) Eagles. I want to throw a bunch of four-letter words at those mother effers out there. Okay? I mean, damn, they got the 90s Eagles defense and the 92 Cowboy offense. That's what they're rolling into the 2023 season with. I mean, holy crap, Ola. I I was on Twitter on, on Friday night going, mercy. I mean, I give up. This is unfair. It's the greatest team building I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, to get some of the to get the best player in the draft at nine, you know, to get maybe just pure natural pass rushing talent, the second best one in the draft, in my opinion, at thirty, and then everything else they got. You along think Carter with it, was the best player in the draft? I do. I think Jalen Carter was the best player in the draft. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think if he doesn't regardless have of the, position, because like Bijan Robinson right. to me is a star. 
He'll, he's up there, definitely in that discussion, too, to what you're saying. I mean, he's right there. Uh, but, yeah, Jalen Carter was the best interior D lineman I've ever evaluated coming out in the draft. Like, it, it, he's, you know, Jerome Brown, Ooh. Warren Sapp-ish, right? It's that kind of guy, and no. uh, that's where I think he's really special. But there's concerns. Yes, there is. They're right. There's some off-the-field concerns. I know that. Right, and that's why Philly's perfect because Jordan Davis's buddies there, Nicobe Dean. They drafted him last year. He's been the quarterback of that Georgia defense. He's there. He's got, of course, two teammates going in there with him this year to help support him. Yeah. He's got a guy like Fletcher Cox, who's a Hall of Fame D tackle, to show him the way. So if there was one spot to land, this was the absolute greatest spot for him to land and flourish as a person and as a professional. As I'm watching the draft, I don't do social media, but I'm watching going, the Jets just got robbed. They wanted an offensive lineman, and, you know, they got caught. Um, It felt like the Cowboys got uh, caught. Yeah, the tight end, right? Right. Because Dallas can – Jerry Jones can say whatever he wants, Chris. But if you watch that war room, those guys did not know if – they should be celebrate. It's almost like, uh, is this a good thing? And then they almost had to be reminded, we're on camera. Yeah, that's well, who yeah. we wanted. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt. And, well, and, Dalton Kincaid, I think, Dan, is was, and that's what the interesting thing about the draft. You had Jalen Carter. You had Tyree Wilson. Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson, I think, were the top two players on a lot of people's board. But mm-hmm. Tyree Wilson had the foot injury. Nolan Smith, I think, was a top ten player for everybody. But he had the pectoral injury. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Dalton Kincaid, I think all all these guys were top 15 players on everybody's board, but they had little medical issues or issues that kind of made them fall. And Kincaid was, he's phenomenal, but you're right. I mean, it was one of the few needs that football team needed there in Dallas and everybody read the, the room the right way and thinking they might go there. The Jets, hey, it stinks. They lose their tackle. It's the price you got to pay to get Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And you know, I don't think they needed another player on defense. Well, you know, they're, I think they're one that we got to think of where Robert Sala came from, right, Dan? Yeah. He came from the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers. He went to Super Bowls with those teams because they had defensive linemen falling off trees, right? Yeah, they're but you like, have to protect Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think they're, if I had to just give their side of the story, I would go like this. I think they think, and, and I know a little of this because my dad and brother work out with Makai Becton in Jersey. He's in phenomenal shape. So I think they're, they're feeling good about that. Mm-hmm. They have Max Mitchell, who played for them last year, who they really like. And then I think they're hopeful that Dwayne Brown you know, can stay healthy and, and figure out the year that way. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a gamble. But if they are healthy up front, the Jets' whole line is better than people are giving it credit for. And now they have waves of defense alignment coming at you, too. So they're still in a very good spot and one of the better rosters in football. How would you like to be Marvin Harrison right now that you would have been, you know, a top five pick, I'm guessing? Yeah, and right. Now, and now you have to go back to college. Now, I, I, yeah. now, NIL is going to give you maybe a million dollars, but you have nothing to prove. You got a new quarterback, and you're a marked man, but you have to go back to Ohio State. This is where, like, you know, I, I wish the NFL, you know, would use a little common sense in these type of situations. Every now, you know, I mean, like Yogi Berra says, you know, common sense ain't that common, and it definitely is not with some of these conversations here where – Hey, the guy we just talked about, Caleb Williams, he's another one. I know. Why can't the NFL get together as a group and go, you know what? Oh, hey, we got two or three guys this year that we think, okay, can come out early instead of risking it and going back to Ohio State or whatever like you're talking about and doing that where, yeah, he could have came out, started making money, started his NFL career. But and, what if and you had a would have cons- been the number one How guy. about a consensus, Chris? Yeah. If you got an unbiased panel that was assessing – Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams and said, we're all in agreement that they're top five picks. Right. And if they want to come out now, you know, we've been wrong. You go to Christian Hackenberg and everybody thought he was (laughs) a number one pick. You know, Leonard Fournette could have come out. Adrian Peterson could have come out. Marshall Falk. Exactly. There's certain players where you go, 
it's not fair that that guy's got to go back. You know, Herschel Walker, it's not fair right. that they're going back to college. No, I, I, I like your idea there. I do. Well, they could, like, set up some sort of NFL legends club, ex-players, like, you know, like a Derek Brooks and a Warren, Snap, Warren Sapp and, you know, maybe a retired GM and some other front office people where, yeah, they could come together and go, hey, let's, you know, let's evaluate this for what it is. And like you said, go, okay, these guys are ready. Let's, let's let them come out and everybody else has to adhere to the rules. Whenever we watch the draft, it feels like every team got the guy they wanted and everybody's going to work out. And it, it's like less than 50% that they work out. The team that had the worst draft pick, in your opinion. Oh, wow. Mm, that's a good one there. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with that right off the top of my bat. Let me, I mean, right off the top of my head here. Let me just look at my computer here. Okay, did the Lions, that... they took okay. kids at 12 good... and they took Campbell. Okay. okay, those are two positions that they took them too early, in my opinion. Right. All right. So I'm with you there. I don't love Jordan Addison by the Vikings oh. in, in the 20s. That'd be one that I'd go. I, that is way too early for me. Okay. Jordan Addison's a good route runner, but I mean, you know, plays after the catch and things like that. That's one that confuses me. I hear what I had a feeling you were going the Lions route there. I was literally looking at them on my sheet of paper here. Okay. This is where I'll defend the Lions just a little bit, right? Where. Agreed with you. Jameer Gibbs, they probably could have got him 10, 15 picks later. Jack Cohen, probably another 10, 15 picks, 20 picks maybe even later, right? But I do think they had those guys earmarked as far as, wait, those are guys we need at the position and we like them the best and we felt that they fit our culture. And if they got the guys they wanted – and so be it that it might be 15 or 20 picks before they should. I'm not going to be mad at them okay. for ultimately addressing the need they needed on their football team with the exact guys they wanted just because they overdrafted, you know, like I said, 10 or 15 spots. So overall, yeah, that's the negative about the Lions draft. But damn, they needed a big-time tailback. They needed a middle linebacker badly. They needed another tight end in Sam Laporta. We know they need help in the secondary, right, with Devin Witherspoon not being there. They get Brian Branch, the quarterback. So I really think they did a lot of great things for their team. But, yeah, to be nitpicky, they overdrafted those first two by a little bit, yes. What was it like for you when you were drafted? Oh, gosh. But, I mean, it was a horrible, great experience altogether in one. I, the night before, I started to get a feeling that I might drop. I went into the process thinking the Raiders might take me at the end of the first round. The Ravens were involved in it, right? They decided to go with Kyle Bowler, if you remember correctly. Ooh. The Raiders had the last two picks of the first round. Al Davis had basically led me to believe that they were going to take me with one of those last two <laughs> picks. So I thought I was going in the first round, right? You know, then the night before the draft, my agent was like, hey, I don't have a spot for you or anything like that. And I ended up being the last pick of the third round. So, you know, I spent most of the first round waiting to get picked. The second round, hey, I Chris, sat there Chris, mother effing the NFL. The, and then the, I got picked. The Raiders the passed on you five times. I, I know they obviously they obviously did not like me that's for sure yeah. why are you laughing so hard I, I, I'm you laughing like that, with huh? you I'm laughing with you I didn't sure. get drafted I didn't get drafted no I, I no you're just busy making millions yeah, on radio and I, everything else you're doing all right I, I'm doing okay uh hey yes. good to talk to you thanks again Always. Anytime, man. Tell all the guys I said hi. Be good. Uh, guys, Chris Sims says hi. Hi, Chris. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it's like, yeah, Al Davis led me to believe you're going to take me at the end of the first round. Yeah, they passed on you there. And then uh, uh, the second round and, and the third round, too. All right. We'll come back. Best and worst of the weekend right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Bali Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo! Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all the sports talk, the Pauly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. If you're hearing this promo right now, it means you're listening to some other show. Uh, well, why the hell are you doing that? Yeah, get your priorities straight. Well, maybe, Tony, they listened to this week's episode already. I don't care. Listen to it again. 
Yeah, great point there, Tony. Anyway, you. so you listening out there, make sure and go do that and uh, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Reggie Miller, Hall of Famer. He'll be on the call tonight. It's the Sixers and the Celtics tip off 730 Eastern on TNT. Also doing game two of that series Wednesday night, also on TNT. Reg, uh, I uh, didn't realize this. We were talking about Steph Curry getting 50 with one turnover. Reggie in 1992 against the Hornets had 57 with zero turnovers. Zero. Well, there, there's a reason for that. Okay. I wasn't going to pass it to anyone on my team. <laughs> Did you not have any assists either? <laughs> I think I may have had eight assists. Okay. So I, I was giving up the rock, but on a night like that, when you're feeling it like that, you are. You want that orange in your hand. You want it in your hand. Okay, Sacramento knows who's getting the ball. They double teamed him. They did everything that you're supposed to do with Steph Curry. Why didn't any of this work? Because Stephen Curry is superhuman. If you look at his stat line, first of all, what's more impressive, which no one is talking about, the dude dude took 38 field goal attempts, Theodore. He was 20. For 38, yeah. 38 field goal attempts. You, you don't understand how great of shape you have to be in to sustain that. Yeah. And you could double, triple team them all you want. In today's game where there's freedom of movement, 
and you can't hold, clutch, trip, elbow, you're going to have nights like this. And in a game seven, I don't care if it was on the road or at home, against a team with very little to no experience other than her head coach who has won championships with the team that he was going against, um, you kind of figured it would be this type of outcome. Steve Kerr mentioned Steph Curry in the same sentence with Michael Jordan. Yep, I can see it. Uh, Again, I don't want people flooding my Twitter (laughs) inbox, but you got to look at the historical context, and Michael did everything in the air, Air Jordan. He revolutionized the game. He changed the way we thought, the baggy shorts, the black socks, the shoes, obviously the Air Jordans. Stephen Curry has taken shooting and the art form of it and moving without the ball to a different level. And every, you know, because I have a nine-year-old and I go to all these, you know, these games, the first thing kids do, they know they can't dunk and fly like Michael Jordan, but they all believe they can shoot like Stephen Curry. And that's the first thing they do is start hoisting up threes to try and be like their hero, Stephen Curry. So you have heroes to most in Michael Jordan, and you have a lot of heroes in Stephen Curry. I I see the comparison. But who's had a bigger impact on the sport? Michael Jordan. No, from playing. Well, here's here's the thing. I'll, I'll take that back. I will say Stephen Curry for this reason. He's playing in the age of social media. There wasn't that when Michael Jordan played. Yeah. You had to actually watch the games. There wasn't, uh, you go back on your phone and replay. You know, Stephen Curry's in the age, the digital age. So we have access to Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, and we see the highlights and the plays and, you know, ESPN, 360, every talk show. A lot of that was just, beginning with Michael Jordan and it wasn't around. So I would say Stephen Curry has had the bigger global impact. I think Michael Jordan's really now more so famous for the shoes. The brand. Yeah. The marketing brand. Yeah. The The brand. Yeah. People forget how great he, he is and was, but, and it shouldn't have taken this game, but I'm going to use this game as a springboard into when Steph is all said and done, how does he get into the top 10? players of all time i think he may be in there i think his late you know everyone's saying this was a legacy game for stephen curry to me i think his legacy game was in the finals last year versus boston in that closeout win on the road in boston to me that was his okay. legacy game okay. because he did it without i mean he won one without katie the first one then he won two with katie and everyone's like okay well they needed KD to win those championships and he was never a finals MVP and that was a finals MVP series closeout game to me that was his legacy game to me he was just it was time to put the kids to bed to me that was that kind of statement all right I'm done messing with my food these kids are annoying me (laughs) yes they're entertaining they're 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 an up-and-coming team but it's time to put the kids to bed and it was that type of game and Curry made it He just wanted to put a statement on putting the kids to bed. All right, so you have Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Kareem, Kobe, Tim Tim Duncan. Ooh. Tim Duncan would be absolutely in the top ten. So you got Bill Russell. Bill Russell. You got Wilt in there. I want to think about Shaq. I, I may go with Shaq over Wilt. Okay. Okay, how many do I am I up to now? I, you know what? I think you almost have to take Russell and Wilt out of this. It's a different. It's a. It's a different game. Yeah, but uh, I, I got to value those championships by right. Russell. Okay, I do. All right. So Duncan is. Does Bird make the top ten? Oh man! Oh magic! 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 Um, I got to put bird slash magic or magic slash bird. That can they be one? Yeah. Can they be one? Yeah. Okay, I, so, I, like, I'm going to have to do that for what they meant good. to the game. I, thank you. I, I'm going to do magic slash bird. Bird. Thank you. Okay. 
Magic slash Bird, Michael. But Kareem. I might give Michael two spots, man. <laughs> <laughs> like Mike's You're one right. and two. One and two. You're right. Okay. So Kobe, Shaq, um, Tim Duncan, Magic Bird, MJ, Curry. Is Durant in there? Not on this list. I think we're yet. running out I'll- of spots, aren't we? Outside looking in. He's on the outside looking in. I, I think if he wins. What if he wins this year? What if he wins this year? And his finals MVP, yeah, you might have to think about him. Because that would be three finals MVPs. Yeah. Okay. He'd have to win one more to get into consideration for the top Into 10. consideration, correct. But you have Steph Curry in the top ten. I have Curry in the top ten because he also changed the way we perceived shooting. Okay. Uh, He's the greatest shooter the game has ever seen. How do the Lakers deal with him? Attention to detail. And I don't, I'm not quite sure they can follow those habits for a seven-game series. You, you have to follow the game plan. But isn't it amazing, Reg, this many years in, we, there, there's, there's a scouting report on Steph Nobody has stopped him. He's not the fastest guy, the strongest guy, tallest guy, can't jump. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing, but it goes to show you um, Stephen Curry, Rip Hamilton, Ray Allen, all three of those guys, what do they have in common? Nonstop in motion. You can't, you can't guard what you can't stop or hold. They're constantly in motion. Yeah. They're, they're the most fit basketball players I played against. So if you are constantly moving and you are a great shooter and you can handle and you can pass, you have so many things at your disposal, Theodore. It's just, you know, his biggest opponent is time. I mean, it's, it's him versus time or his body. Not and a- here's the thing. I'm 57 and I can still shoot. Oh, I know. So that. that's not that's not going to diminish with him. Foot speed will come and go. That that'll probably start to slow down. But as long as he can still shoot, which he will be able to do when he's 40, 45, he can play as long as he wants. Because some in today's game, you need shooters. You need people that can space the floor. He'll always have a job. Yeah, he could he could eventually have the role that his dad had when his dad played because Dell was off the ball and basically a you know spot up shooter. And if you get a traditional point guard in there, and he could just play shooting guard and come off screens, and you, people forget how great of a passer he is as well. I know they think about the threes and the shooting, but he's a great passer and he can handle the basketball. I mean, look at that last play when he got his 50th point and he's curly Neal <laughs> dribbling through everyone and then the layup. Um, just remarkable. He's Reggie Miller, the Hall of Famer. He'll be on the call tonight, Sixers and the Celtics. Uh, it feels like the Lakers will win game one against Golden State for some reason. Uh, I, it could happen. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know why. And I don't know, like sometimes you're drained after a series and sometimes you're energized after a series. I'm not well, sure what, how Golden State will be. I see your point, but I, I think what Golden State has going for for them is coming off of Game 7 where they've been locked in. It's not a huge turnaround to start Game 1. But I will say what the Lakers have in their favor, and this dates back all the way to the Anthony Davis, New Orleans Pelicans days. They had no answer for him when he was with the Pelicans facing Golden State in the first round. He dominated them. They will go as far as Anthony Davis will take them. As great as LeBron is and has been and will always be, we mentioned one of the top ten. He's probably in the top five, LeBron James. The Lakers want to get to the conference finals and win a championship. It's all going to be on Anthony Davis' shoulders. And he has dominated over the years Golden State because they're a smaller team. And I give Kevon Looney credit. He's done a great job, but Anthony Davis is a different beast. It depends on which Anthony Davis is going to show up in this series. If it's the dominant one that we saw in the last two games of that Memphis series, this is going to be a long series for Golden State. But if he's passive, again, LeBron is great. Don't get me wrong, and he'll have his moments. But it's got to be Anthony Davis' fingerprints all over the series. If not, 
I know what I'm going to get out of Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Jordan Poole. I know what I'm going to get, and it's going to be a fun series. I, I just think Golden State has too many offensive weapons for the Lakers. What advice would you give Dylan Brooks? Uh, face the media. What I was disappointed about that, and this is coming from a guy who was very loquacious and talked a lot, right, Theodore? You know me very well. But when it's time to face the music, you got to get in front of the camera. You can't be walking out. If you're going to talk all that noise about LeBron being old, you know, I give jaw credit. He owned up to it. He said it. You know, I'm good in the West. There's no one in the West. And he, you know, he owned it. If you're going to say all that stuff, either joke about it, but you can't run from it. I'm tired of all the talking from the Grizzlies. And I'm a talker. It's time for some action. It's time. It was time for some action, and y'all laid an A. So own it. Own it. Stop, stop, stop uh, hiding from it. Face it. What chances do you give the Sixers, given the fact that uh, no Embiid tonight? In... Tonight's game or in the series in, in the general? series series in general, even if he is well, healthy. If he was healthy, they would have an absolute. If you look at the numbers, I mean, he has dominated yeah. the yeah. when healthy, but him being hurt, not knowing what kind of shape he is when he does come back, if he does come back for game two or the rest of the series, uh, this is all about the Celtics. And after what we saw with Milwaukee going down, uh, against the Heat. Now they're the overall best record left in these playoffs. I, I think if you're Boston, there's got to be a sense of urgency that this has to be a year because it's wide open. And if Embiid is not 100%, um, and they struggled against Atlanta. People thought that was going to be a sweep, and they really struggled against the Hawks. Maybe it was a wake-up call. They were thinking past Atlanta, gearing up for this. I think they'll be locked and loaded and ready to go tonight. The garden had the atmosphere. They had it. Yeah, they had everything yeah. that you would. I mean, I know Julius Randle wasn't there, but yet the celebrities were there. Mm -hmm. The atmosphere. Patrick Ewing comes back. Spikes in the building. But they forgot about one thing. Winning. <laughs> Jimmy freaking Butler is on that other team, and he does not care. But it's a long series, and with him and his little turned ankle, Let's see how he comes bouncing his back from that as well. So that's going to be a long series. I'm not worried. People in New York, stop. It's not that dramatic. It's only one game. Mm. One game. Relax. Mm. Just relax. Mm. One game. Mm. Mm. Hmm? you got to win those games. I know. you got to win when the, them. When the juice is there, you're right. You're right. But it's only one game. Aside from Spike Lee, did you interact with anybody else in New York? No, Spike pretty much took up most of my time in that building, uh, and rightfully so because he's front and center. He's the face of the Knicks. I love him. Uh, we're at a better place now in our relationship. Uh, we're much more friendlier when we see one another. He's a good dude, but in those moments, and deep down in my belly, look, I'll always have a disdain for the New York Knicks. There was, uh, that's just how I am, but I respect him. I respect John Starks because you know why? The dude fought and he would fall down and come back and be like, is that all you got? I respect dudes like that. But did, did you want to fight Spike Lee? No. I oh. ain't fighting any, any fan. Well, now, he was and, and fought Now, the, the dudes on their team, Oakley and Well, you didn't Mason. want to fight Oakley. I didn't want to fight him. I would get my Davis boys to fight him. <laughs> Are you crazy? I ain't fighting Charles Oakley. Why was Oakley? Why did, Brothers o Lord. why did Oakley scare everybody in the NBA? Oh, hey, that dude was real, man. Like, the, what do you he's mean? He's one of the guys you you hated to play against, but you wish he was on your team. But okay, so he wasn't a great player, but everybody is like he, scared of him set the best screens, was a above average to pretty good rebounder. Yeah. But when – see, there's there's no more enforcers in the NBA game. There's no more. There's no Buck Williams, my Davis boys, uh, 
you know, Charles Oakley, there's, there's no longer that there's no more role for that because you got to be skilled at, at that position. And he played it perfectly. Bill Lambert played it perfectly. You know, Rick Mahorn, those guys were perfect in their roles. Okay. Let's say you pass away first. Does Spike Lee speak at your funeral? <laughs> uh, I hope so. Would you would speak at his. his? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. But I think you got to heckle him because he, he should heckle you. If, if, if <laughs> you, like, you should show up in full uniform if you live longer than Spike and, and you know, do you have to heckle him? I, if I would come, to, <laughs> I would come to his funeral dressed in all orange and blue skies like he would like. Oh, I would be in I like that. Nick Colors at his, Whoa, okay. at his way. Okay. Breaking news. Okay. Yes. All right. Just like he better be in blue and gold. Oh, okay. All right. You probably didn't think you were getting that question today, did you? No, I didn't. Now you got me worried about, you know, the afterlife here. <laughs> Don't put it in the universe. Oh, my goodness. Why are you jinxing us, Theodore? Do you know who your pallbearers are going to be? I do not. Nor do I care because if it's time for the Lord to bring me home, it's time. It is time. Well, I got... Five guys here, and that leaves oh, one opening. Can I? Can I? Oh well, I better, <laughs> better be on yours. I better be one of your Paul Barrows. Mm. You're going to be one of mine. You better be. I'm asking you right now. <laughs> Do you, you want to be one of my? I want you to be one of my. All Paul right, I'll, I'll be. I'll be a Paul Barrow. All right, and I'm going to be one of yours. Okay. <laughs> All right. Trying to think who. Uh, I think Bryant Gumble was picking. Somebody told me he picked his Paul Bears. Really? Yeah. Well, I can't, I mean, it's a little morbid, but then if you go, you know what? It would be nice if I had. So you have your Danettes and me. So you're set now. No, no, no. I, I'm not having my Danettes be Paul Bear. Why not? No, what? no. Maybe one. Maybe one. <laughs> Which one? I'm not going to uh -oh. say. Oh, Polly, <laughs> are you eating? Oh, Do I have Fritzy? I mean, Fritzy's got guns. I mean, he's got some big arms. I don't know. Yeah, but it doesn't matter the guns because you got five other guys holding it up. So don't go by the physical stature. Go by who you can. Who's been in your corner the oh, most? Who's been in my corner? Whoa! Whoa. And I got to get six guys. Well, you got to pick one Danette. So out okay. of them, which, mm. you know, mm. you already have two. So you have me. I got you. One Danette. Now we need four other guys right. or or girls. Okay, that's that could be true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shorties. Yeah, some shorties. <laughs> if I do well. How did we get here? How I, did I have we no get idea. here? I have no idea. I have no idea. DP, I haven't heard my name uh, yet. I, Oberman would probably not be a Paul Bear. <laughs> oh, if, he wouldn't? Well, I don't know. GP. You know, it's. I, I can see Keith being one. If so they, now we have three. I don't know. Yeah. I did it myself. We need three more. We're filling out the roster. <laughs> Would you have any, like Mark Jackson is your buddy? Mark Jackson would be one. Okay. It, not only would he be a pallbearer, but he would give the eulogy. Uh, would Rick Smits want to be a pallbearer? No, he wouldn't be one. <laughs> okay. Let me see. Who else would be one? Would Shaq? Cheryl uh, Dean. Oh, so. You're, so your sister. All right. So that's, what am I up to now? Four. Four. I'm up to four. See? I'm I'm ahead of you. What about Jordan? More. What if you ask Michael Jordan to be a Paul? Man, Bear? please, he would probably laugh. He'd probably laugh and, and spit on my grave. He <laughs> yeah, would, right. He would heckle you. Did you ever think about wearing Air Jordans when you played? I did wear. I was part of the Jordan brand. Oh, later in my I didn't. Yes. Oh, I didn't. I did wear Jordans. Okay. I did wear Jordans, and it pained me. No, I, it didn't. I was going to say, well, that, no, it no, pained me. It it I was you. wearing Jordans against Jordan, getting done by Jordan. <laughs> Does that make sense? I was wearing Jordans against Michael Jordan, getting done by Michael Jordan. Did he? I, that has to be the ultimate trash talk. Like, dude, you're wearing my shoes. I own you. Well, I'll, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, no, but if I'm oh. Jordan, I would have said oh. I own you, man. You're wearing my shoes. He's probably saying cha-ching. Yeah, cha -ching. yeah, I'm sure I'm putting is. money in his pocket. You're right. Why the hell am I putting money in Michael Jordan's pocket? Uh, have fun tonight, Reg.
I appreciate Thank you, Danette. I love y'all. Reggie I know which one. I know which one it would be. Reggie Aloysius Miller. And uh, he'll be on the call tonight with the Celtics and the Sixers. That'll be on TNT, 7.30 Eastern, back after this. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 